This is exactly right. Listen, we're all SVU fans. We love a family drama. We love a mystery to solve. And you got to get hooked into a story with the details. You need the visuals. You need the storylines with the twists and the turns. And that is what June's Journey has and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young girl on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murderer. Dun, 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 dun. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. The game is filled with all these beautiful detailed scenes from the 20s, like lavish estates and gardens. And of course, little hidden clues are everywhere. There's twists, turns, catchy tunes. It all takes you deep deeper into this storyline. And if you play well enough, you can make it into the detective club. And there you can chat with other players and even compete with or against them, which is pretty exciting. And you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. And can you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. Okay, love that. And guess what? It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Of the Law & Order franchises, SVU is considered especially watchable. We are the amateur detectives who kind of investigate the vicious felonies these episodes are based on. These are our stories. Dun-dun! Hello. Welcome back to That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. I'm Kara Clank. And I'm Lisa Traeger. And we, every week, talk about an episode of SVU and then the true crime it's based on. And we interview a guest from the episode. So jam-packed. But now we just chit-chat because we miss each other. (laughs) And now it's time to banter. Um, (laughs) We've been getting a couple of um, messages and comments about our voices and people can't tell us apart, which I think is so funny because I really think we sound so different, but yeah, you sound more proper. And I feel like (laughs) I sound like I smoked weed every day for a decade. (laughs) So that's where I think my voice is. I was, I always thought I had a raspy voice, but yours is definitely raspier, but, but mine is too. I think, I don't know. I always thought I was like the nanny, but I don't think it's that extreme. I think it's just like... (laughs) Maybe my own Jew hatred or something of myself. I don't know. But when I hear myself, I'm like, like, I'm the nanny. (laughs) I love that. Fran Drescia. That show holds up. I don't know if anyone's watched it. Oh, that should be another poll on our Instagram of what are you into? The nanny. The nanny and married with children. All those shows really I stand love the test of time. With, Georgia Hardstark just tweeted recently and was like, why were our parents letting us watch married with children when we were younger? Like, like that was a normal way to look at a marriage or a family (laughs) like and I used to watch it religiously and my parents I think I did it behind their back because they they thought it was like really crass but I also meet lots of people who like their parents didn't let them watch the Simpsons I wasn't allowed to watch Three's Company I wasn't allowed to watch you can't do that on television because my mom thought that when you got slimed that was gross 
I feel like it's just like on a day where they're like, turn the TV off. You're not allowed to watch the show anymore. Like, I don't know. I think they're just like having a time sometimes. Well, I was a professional backup nanny for years in Chicago oh and my New York. God, bragging. Yeah. And I, I've babysat, I would like to say probably like a hundred plus families. And my professional take is the families that had the most extreme television rules, their kids were the most crazed and obsessed with TV. And the families that it was free reign, whatever, no one cares, they would by themselves choose not to watch. To do something else. Yeah, like to them, TV was just a, an option, so they didn't care as much. But the, the kids that only got a half hour, they were like... They, I would, well, I was kind of sometimes bad at my job. And so I would pretend to nap, but then kind of really nap. And then I would hear them be like, should we wake her up or should we keep? And then they would continue to watch television instead <laughs> of telling me. I've told you that I used to babysit for the actress, Allison Williams. Wait, but which, what do you mean, Allison Williams? Allison Williams, who was like in Get Out and stuff. and Like, like Brian, Brian Williams' daughter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I used to babysit for her a, a few times when I was younger. She's not that much younger than me, but like it was one of those things where like I was 12 and she was eight or something or seven. They were the best kids. Like they were so good. So like they were not allowed to watch anything on Nickelodeon. Like I guess especially like, yeah, just the, the nighttime stuff on Nickelodeon they were not allowed to watch. But I let them watch Ren and Stimpy one time. And I was like, don't tell any, don't tell your parents. And they told their parents, of course, because there were like these honest children. But children don't understand lying in that way. I they know. always never trust a child I with know. a secret. I was like, I'll let you watch Ren and Stimpy if you don't tell your parents. And then they were like, OK. And then they were like, guess what we watched? Ren and Stimpy. Like, and so I. I sort of learned to never try to get kids to harbor my secrets anymore. Wait, but then were you fired or did they no, just say, what are you I, doing? We were like sort of family friends. Like I didn't get fired. They were just like, and remember no Nickelodeon. They mentioned that you let them watch Ren and Stimpy. And I was like, oh, did I? Okay. <laughs> so no. Wait, did she have a good voice? Did you know that she was going to be an actress? You know what's so funny is her, we used to do Disney sing-along songs, like where you follow the bouncing mouse. Like we used to do that all the time. And, um, you know, I didn't know she was going to be an actress. No, I certainly didn't. I loved those videos. We did those in elementary school. Mr. House was my music teacher. Oh, Shout yeah. Out. I, I hope you're those. still kicking. <laughs> but he had favorites and I didn't like that. So if you're listening, Mr. House, you shouldn't have had favorites. It really <laughs> fucked with our heads. <laughs> I do have a big shout out. What? Um, yesterday on my walk, I saw a dog with a bow and... That's going to carry me through the week like that. It was Wait, so And cute. in the same week, one of your friends told you that you remind them of the pink aristocrat aristocrat cat. That's yeah, Aristocats cat. <laughs> yeah. Lily, um, my old roommate and friend, she out of the blue texted me a photo of that white, the cutest cat in the world from Aristocats going, ah, oh, you just remind me so much of her. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm obviously going to get a this tattoo of this and cat. a dog with a bow. <laughs> what a week. <laughs> well, and also my favorite Instagram, every outfit of sex in the city is a fan of SVU and listens to this podcast and they followed me on Instagram, which was a big deal for me as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you're yeah, a sex in the city fan, you should follow them. They're very clever and fun and fashion experts. So yes. you get like actual, it's not just like, I like this outfit. Like they know the designer, the references, they would actually be really good judges on drag race if I'm being honest. Are you loving season 13 of Drag Race? I'm loving it. I love when no one goes home. 
So these episodes have been great. Yeah. Well, they've been doing that the past couple of years because I think they want people to get to know the queens a little bit better. No, I love it. I love the future drama coming up. I, I'm also obsessed with the pit stop now and where they recap the show. I mean, I just can't get enough. My life is just SVU and Drag Race at this point. I really am not. I haven't even watched Euphoria yet. I don't. I'm just <laughs> fully SVU Drag Race. And yesterday, Bob the Drag Queen just said the name Jada Essence Hall and I burst into tears. I saw your like tweet just, about that. I was yes. like, please, everything OK over there? No, I just fully started <laughs> crying at just the existence of Jada. It was it was just really emotional. I just love her so much. She's great. Are you liking the season? Loving it. I think there's so many good queens and... It's really creative how they did the first uh, couple episodes and I'm loving it. Did you see the meme where it says like it's RuPaul? She goes, welcome to the Stanford prison experiment, which I thought was a funny <laughs> meme because she did toy with their the emotions. Loading doc. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next week. Um, and everyone seems to have a favorite. Everyone loves Simone. And I love, you know, it's like I love Simone. I love Gottmik and I love um, Candy Muse a lot as well. Candy Muse is not going to win and you know it. I don't, I don't about who, I can only love the person that wins. I just think she's no. fun. No. <laughs> this is like winners only. Get the hell out of here. Um, we also do have another shout out to our producer, Hannah. Oh my God. Who, Hannah had a, Hannah had a moment this week. Who scoured Capitol storming photos for 12 hours to find a photo of a QAnon person that she knows not personally, you know, I don't know how to, she's not friends with this person, um, to find a photo of her and report her to the FBI. So that is some in, amazing investigative reporting. Helping put away one capital storming crazy person at a time. Thank you. Well, Thank yeah. You. And the photo of her was very fucked up and she was holding a sign that said Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. So I hope the FBI fucking knocks on her door storms it um i actually love all the famous people being outed because it's that's what they talk about with the um entitled like they didn't think anything was gonna happen like a u.s olympic swimmer wore his u.s olympic sweat like jacket he wore an official olympics jacket to storm the Capitol. like only 10 people have that jacket dude like you're gonna get found out and then someone was like that's sicky from new jersey housewives like people like oh, all these Siggy's gone people. full siggy's gone full cue she's she's off the yes, deep end but people are reporting her to the fbi because they're like we know her like yeah. people just truly were wearing things with their name on it I mean, it's it's really um, it's a pleasure. I wish I had a bingo card of arrests, but yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, all right. So let's just get down to it. Today's episode is really fun. We're going to be doing I mean, fun and fucked up as usual. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing uh, a credo which is based on the Nexium cult. And I just wanted to mention that when we recorded this, I was in the middle of watching The Vow. Now I have obviously finished The Vow. I have also finished Seduced on Stars. And when I tell you that I did get a one month free trial of Stars just so I could watch this and actually paid for a month of Stars so I could watch this, 
it was worth it. So the one on stars is so freaking good. If you thought the one on HBO dragged the stars one seduced is so good. They have India. If you know, you know, and a credo, by the way, Lisa and I were talking about this because I was wondering what it meant. And I Googled it. And of course it is a pharmaceutical company, but the word comes from the verb um, to believe. So I think it means to believe in something wholeheartedly and like fully. So um, that's very interesting when you find out what this episode is about. So let's get into the episode. Okay, so exciting. A little switcheroo, Freaky Friday action. I'm doing the episode, um, which is thrilling. We have a later episode, season 20, episode five, Accredo. Yes. Kind of timely, um, is based on, you know, The Vow, which was really popular. (laughs) So this episode opens up with our queen bee, Olivia Benson, so busy, a lieutenant, a baby, and she's working out. Trying with- to stay snatched. <laughs> I cannot believe this bitch found time to work out with a hot trainer. Hot, hot as hell. Yeah. Really muscular dude. They have flirty energy. I hope he becomes a love interest. <laughs> but she's like proving. She's like, I'll run to my car because I don't have time. You know, like, yeah. She. I was eating a sandwich while watching this. And <laughs> she has so much to do working out. And then we go to this. I don't know, a a nice mansion looking house, a nice Victorian looking living room with hot, hot women, which makes me because I always think all actors are so hot. But then seeing these people, it's like, oh, they're so hot. Mm -hmm. And how regular everyone else looks on SVU. Is that rude? No, I think because I think a lot of the times they try to get people that don't look like actors. But then when they do something that is specifically about beautiful people, they're like, okay, bring in like the super hot actresses. It just it's it. It changed everything yeah. for me. I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> these yeah. are the hot. So, you know, you could t- this is a hot girl convention. Um, Claudia is the hostess and it's her house. And then there's a lead, like um, thin looking blonde woman. And her name is Lydia Lyra, something like that. I wrote it down somewhere. I think it's Lydia. Lila. 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 We, it's a dumb name. <laughs> I feel like 15 years ago, that's what people named their children to be unique. And now yeah, whatever. So Lila. Lila. Yeah. Okay, so we have Lila, um, and then there's a girl with, like, darker lipstick and liner, and, like, her roots are showing, so we could tell that she's troubled and is trying. (laughs) Because of her darker roots. You know what I mean? Everyone's put together, and then we have a little rough-looking girl, but still pretty. She's still pretty, but she's not quite as polished-looking as the rest of them. Hats off to the wardrobe department and hair and makeup. They knew how to just subtly make it be like, "Mm, she's trying to be What's going on with you, girl? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, And then we, you know, she's a punk punk energy. We figure out she um, had an abusive relationship and this group of women helped her achieve her dreams and get out of this relationship. And she's stronger than ever. And then they're outside and a woman with a fashion hat and a peasant top comes out. Very, I mean, probably I think the prettiest of them all. And, um, you know, she's like, let's do whatever. Lila comes out. Everyone wants to do lunch. And this girl's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm not doing lunch with any of you. And then we see the rugged girl in her beautiful loft in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And she is um, on the phone. I I truly thought it was like, what the hell? Like, who is this girl? Like, she has like a massive Soho apartment. It's nice. Beautiful tub. Beautiful tub. Yes. Yeah. Because so she's on the phone screaming to somebody, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Stop calling me. Mm -hmm. Get off my back. So it's like, is it this cult? Is it the ex-boyfriend? Are these all red herrings? Is it another person? SVU loves to play games with us. But we see her screaming and then it cuts to Benson talking about how many steps she was walked in the day. (laughs) 
So that's a nice cut too. She has over 12,000 yeah, steps. Bragging. Benson just <laughs> being one of those Fitbit braggers. Ugh, and then Rollins. I mean, I hope one day I don't hate Rollins as much as I'm I do. I'm sad that you hate Rollins so much. I don't like, I'm not obsessed with Rollins like I'm with Benson, but I don't mind her. She, besides Danny, she might be my least favorite. Ooh. Amaro, you mean? Amaro's no, your no, no. Oh, wait. No, Rollins. Oh, Danny Beck. Danny Beck. Oh, wow. She was my least, least favorite. I Rollins, I don't know. I hope I grow out of my Rollins hate, but she's pregnant. She's hiding it, and she wants to see the Knicks game with the boys. <laughs> and, but then... <laughs> There's like work to do. And she's like, I just hate this idea of like, I want to work. And it's like, just be pregnant. Yeah. I don't want, just yeah. do some paperwork. Well, that's What's, what Olivia says. She goes, you want to move furniture? I don't. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't understand it. She's like, take a break. So whatever. She, so Rollins is just trying too hard. I just hate her. Okay. I, okay. I'll move on. I'll move on. So whatever. Okay. So there's a call. Ray Palmaside downtown. Benson looks amazing in a white t-shirt. Like she, I don't, I love this white t-shirt. It's this nice sheer with a pocket. I'm just into it. And her hair's in a banana clip, which is the most realistic thing about what's happening. (laughs) She always looks too good. And it's like, yes, this bitch wears a banana clip sometimes, um, with like, you know, she has the front tendrils of her hair, some front bangs. And then this is tough. We get to the crime scene. It is bloody. It's this girl, um, you know, roots and she's, it's bloody. Yeah. And Rollins has to puke. Okay. She should have just gone to the fucking Knicks game. I'm like, but whatever she needs to puke. And then the guy cop is like, is she going to be okay? And it's like, she's fucking (laughs) now I'm defending Rollins. Whatever. It's a very bloody crime scene. And yeah. Whatever. The credits are rolling. So then Finn, Carisi, Rollins, everyone left the Knicks game. So I guess the game wasn't too good. Yeah. <laughs> there is well, a homicide. You know, you never get a day off in SVU. And then what we see is they cut a piece of flesh from underneath. From like, like her, her rib cage, yes. basically. Yeah. I don't know what body part I was going to say. I was like underneath somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so there's a piece of flesh. And to me, it's like, even if you were trying to hide something, now that's just brought us more attention to this thing at least cut up a bunch of skin flesh pieces like yeah that's a good point i'll quote dr michael bad until the cows come home you know killers usually leave something or take something Mm -hmm. and with this flesh it's both they took it and left more clues um richard and marge own the house that's what we learn i don't know who these people are it's uh oh it's parents yeah they're the parents of abby someone named abby yeah, so because we still don't know the name of the main girl who has just been murdered. We don't know her name no. yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just my horrible note taking <laughs> um and paying attention skills. Did I pause this episode a lot to play text twist because I'm fully addicted? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, can I say something about when I put pause this episode? So I have Hulu and I and I don't pay for the ad. I I still get ads. Okay. I understand. I should just like cough up two more dollars a month, but I can't. So when you pause on Hulu, sometimes they give you a little print ad over what you're watching. So literally this girl is on the slab and they're about to identify her. These two parents from Connecticut to see if it's their daughter. I press pause and it's like eating good in the neighborhood, like a fucking (laughs) Applebee's ad over a dead body. I'm like Hulu. Yeah. Have some class. Yeah, who is working in your marketing department? Go to church, Hulu. <laughs> no, not we're not religious. No, we're not. That's from Housewives. Oh, okay. okay. 
Okay, so this is one of the best SVU moments. The pair, it's not their daughter. Yeah. You and barely ever see that. You barely see it. It's great acting. It's a great moment of relief. And it's just awesome to see the parents be like, no, our daughter's alive. We figure out that their daughter is actually on a movie shoot. And she's also part of this weird um, collective of women. And she let her friend with the roots stay at her apartment while she's shooting this movie or TV show. She's an actress and she's wearing a Handmaiden's Tail outfit. It's a full Handmaid's Tail Rip, like spoof this show not spoof but like but rip off is, but called it, Scarlet yeah it looks like a costume you would get at Party City it can't yes. be the official <laughs> exactly it would be like religious wife or dystopian future wife yes. or something like that that's like what the costume would be called I once got um I was Linda from Bob's Burgers and it was Burger Wife supportive Burger Wife was the name of my costume supportive Burger Wife wait for what to play Linda from Bob's Burgers oh my god <laughs> Supportive burger wife. You do look, you have the energy of a supportive burger wife. I would like to think so. (laughs) So we find out the girl's name that's dead, and her name is Vicky Parson. And she broke up with her boyfriend, stayed at this girl's place. Um, She doesn't really have parents, uh, but she had been feeling better lately after this group. So a credo is the name of the group. And Benson says, Well, hopefully she's opened up to this female empowerment group. Because she's also given them a ton of money. She's written them like 10 checks. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then Rollins. So Rollins is now they're walking up to this mansion to investigate if this group knows any information to help them find the killer. And Rollins goes, who knew there was this much money and insecurity? Literally everybody knows. Um, (laughs) Makeup, plastic surgery, dieting, all billion dollar industries, Rollins. Again, you prove what a fucking idiot you truly are. I don't know. I wrote facts from Rollins. (laughs) No, because I don't hate her the way you do. No, but it's. But if she was a guest on our show one day, hopefully we'd love to get all the (laughs) cast members. I don't know what I would do. I'd be like, are you annoyed with Rollins bad decision making too? How is this bitch a cop? She doesn't know insecurity makes money. Like, I don't. (laughs) That's so true. She's getting her hair That's highlighted. Very true. I didn't think of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. Do you wear makeup? Do you do anything that is targeted towards women? So we're talking to the fashion hat hot girl. She's wearing a studded, ve- a clubber outfit in the middle of the afternoon for tea. There is a hot man in the middle. And he's surrounded by women, like hot leading women. a meeting. He's leading this meeting. He's like, you're undeserving. I'm going to find your truth. Be feeling better. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> bullshit. Okay. It's bullshit. And then he tries to read Rollins and is like, who who put that baby in your belly? And that sickens me. Yeah. That's a freak. If you say baby in the belly, I don't know if it's the alliteration or what, but it creeps me out. Or his face also just like lit up when he saw she was pregnant in a way that was so creepy. Like I had a couple of guys like, like talk to me like that when I was pregnant. It's very freaky. There are some men that are truly very turned on by pregnancy. I know one person okay. that um he wants to fuck pregnant people. So the guy is like, who hurt you, Rollins? No one loves you. You bet you and your bastard baby. And Rollins is like, all right, (laughs) I don't care. We're (laughs) NYPD. Shut your mouth. Come talk to us. So the main woman, Lila, she and the old man are like, oh, no, what happened? And their acting is good. They're like, oh, poor Vicky. And they give uh, the name of the ex. His name is Brad Simon. He's a line cook at Lucky Duck and he's fucking hot. Which, of course, Lila knows. Oh, her ex, Brad Simon, he's a line cook at Lucky Duck. Like, if you ask me your ex, I'd be like, I, 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 I know it's this comic in Chicago and I know yes, his name. But he was but my I ex wouldn't... from seven years ago. It's different than, like, if I talked about an abusive person. Yeah, sure. I guess I would know who that was, where they worked. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It would be psychotic if I was talking about a seven-year breakup, Kara. <laughs> 
<laughs> he won't leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, it's just like so old. But um, he called her a slut bag and posted all these photos of her online, like naked photos. And he just. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. He literally posts like beautiful, sexy, flattering photos of her. And then is like, now everyone's going to know what a slut bag you are. And I'm like, I guess like this is as bad as it can get with revenge porn on network TV. You know, they can't like we also show. should not be using the term revenge porn. Oh, why? Um, Katie Hill, the I canvassed for her. I love her. Yeah. So she wrote a piece for like Marie Claire or Cosmo or something like that. And she goes, first, revenge makes it seem like sh- someone deserved it. Right. And this is revenge. Yeah, you're so right. it's like you did something. And porn implies it's a consensual yeah. thing that happened for consumption and you got paid for it. And so both those words are wrong. Are wrong. Yeah. No one deserves to get their shit leaked. And no, these people did not get paid for any yeah, porn. I just that have made. known that that's what it's called. So what would you call it? Well, it's because men and the patriarchy are in charge. Yeah. Um, the article said more. Should I have looked into it? Yeah. But um, it's basically a, it's a crime. It's what it is. Yeah. And it's not revenge porn. And we'll. I don't know. Look, we'll, we'll look put a source. A we'll put a yeah. source. You'll read it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. So we're at Brad's apartment. Yeah, he's fucking hot. Um, <laughs> and he was like cutting a piece of salmon. It was just like, but he's in the precinct really quickly. He asks for, so he's denying. He's like, what? I don't know. And then as soon as he sees the, the crime scene photos, he asks for a lawyer, which is really smart because I think because he saw the chunk of skin, he knew it had to do with this organization mm. and he got scared. Yeah. I don't think it's him. Like in that moment, I'm like, I don't, I knew it wasn't him. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. so whatever. He asked for a lawyer really quick. That shut down. So then we cut to the apartment and Finn and Carisi are looking for evidence. And Finn finds a knife in the dishwasher and acts like that's suspicious. And he found the best evidence in the world. But that's not suspicious to me. A knife in a dishwasher seems yeah, yeah, totally yeah. fine. But that's why they're detectives and I am not. And I'm just judging them. Um, they do find blood on the shoes, blood on the jeans. And Finn, great advice. He goes, guy would be off the hook if he did some laundry. Yeah. So if you're going to murder, you know, clean the blood up. So they find it's Vicky's blood. And then they also find um, security video from two blocks away from Vicky's home. And it's the woman in the fashion hat from the cult and her and this boyfriend are canoodling and they leave together. And in the video, you see that she has the mark. Yes. This is amazing security footage. And so she has this brand. It is, it is color. It is high res. It is able to be zoomed in on. It is really good security footage where you can see that she has like a brand underneath her on her rib cage. So then they go interrogate the hot chick and she starts crying and she goes, I had no idea it was him. They're like, you don't know Vicky's ex. I thought you're a family or all friends. Yeah. And she goes, no, I heard. She talks about him all the time. I didn't realize it was him. And then she talks about her number one problem and why she joined this cult. And it's not a problem at all. She's like, when I would be at bars and men would hit on me, I would let them control everything. And I said, no, I'm going to control it. And it's like, what is happening? <laughs> I just like don't understand any of this. But basically her goal of the evening was to find a man and be like I'm gonna fuck you Mm -hmm. and so she did that with this guy she says she didn't know so the brand starts talking and immediately Lydia and the man walk out like they just had a timer like as soon as the brand Lila and Arlo Arlo okay so Lila and Arlo come out right as the brand is chatting chatted about and they said that the brand was actually Vicky's idea and they fucking loved it and that's why they did and Lila shows that she has it too yes So when the detectives walk away, there is like a half a second 
of like Arlo touching this fashion hat girl's face and the fashion hat girl smiling at him. So that oh, to me was a close. It was like a quick second, but I noticed that. So then um, Lydia starts talking about how Arlo's a feminist and he reads books and it's like, all right. Ar- Arlo also is taking uh He's taking one of them, I think maybe Carisi, through the house. And there's just like a sketchy fucking room of sheetless mattresses, like a full huge room that just has mattresses on the ground. And I miss that. And he's like, you never know when someone's going to stay over. I'm like, on a nasty mattress on the ground at your mansion? What the fuck is this place? Get a guest room. Yeah. Um, And then Lydia to Benson is like, no, Benson goes, I run my unit. And she goes, and who runs you? And it's like, fuck you. The amount of people Olivia Benson has helped and changed their lives around and has made huge impact on putting away. Like, fuck you trying to tell her that she needs to be more confident in her life or she's missing something like you wish you could have accomplished what Benson has. Can I also point out that they do some research on Arlo and they're like, oh, he he graduated with X, Y, Z degree from Cambridge, a badminton player like they talk about him playing badminton like that's yeah, and like, like a hot thing or something and like, being a monk somewhere and it's like you're either a rich kid or you're lying yeah. either way not impressive so we learned lydia worked at like a finance Lila. place Lila, <laughs> li- whatever they know they fucking know <laughs> she worked in finance arlo helps her quit and then she had her own firm she only hires women i mean i just don't care about these people um <laughs> arlo is again harassing rollins being like you have sexual problems now he says that yeah. most of the women that come to him have sexual problems and that he helps them with their sexual problems. So he, what a kind guy. Yeah. What a kind guy. And he also keeps shaming Rollins for not having a dad for the, like with this baby. And it's like, is this season one or season 20? It's the two thousands baby. Like people yeah. are having babes without dads. Like how is this a point of shame? I'm more impressed with women having babies without men. Sorry, Kara, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I did it the easy way with a partner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but she keeps saying that the dad is an architect, but it's a lie. Isn't it like the secret FBI redheaded guy from Grounded for Life? Uh, Wait, what? Who's Rollins' baby daddy? Her first baby daddy is that Irish guy of her first kid. She has two kids. This is her second kid. I forgot. I didn't know that. Her second kid, she had a first baby in 2015. She had a second baby in 2018. And the reason I know this is because I fucking looked it up because I noticed that Rollins was getting like, was huge in this episode. And they're acting like she's four months pregnant. Like they're acting like she's just at the point where she should tell one PP. She's like seven months pregnant because she had her baby in October. This episode aired in November. They, they record, they tape pretty close to when they air. So I think she's like six months, six or seven months pregnant in this. So was she real life pregnant? both Both times. Yeah. They wrote them into the thing and she has boys in real life, but she has girls on the show. So the, the, the dad of this baby is the doctor who's also been in a lot of stuff, but he's not a redhead. He's like a doctor. He I've seen him in stuff. I can look it up. The first dad is Declan. The second father is the doctor from who's also the lead in scandal. One of the leads. Oh, he's in scandal. Okay. This is insane. I feel like I'm a super fan and had no idea this was her second pregnancy. I feel like I might be lying to everybody. Thank you for helping me figure this Rollins baby situation no, out. No, I was uh, obsessed myself. I now had to I feel bad work. for Rollins. I'm like, now you're a single mother of two kids and a detective. Two maybe I don't hate you. Yeah. You know, and your sister and mom fucking suck. Yeah, God. her sister. Don't even get me started. And her old I boss her is sister. a rapist. She's yeah. addicted to gambling. Yeah. It's just too much. <laughs> it's just too much. So suddenly we cut to Marie Basso's house. This is probably like a $5 million place in New York. I'd say 5 to $7 million. And this is the co 
co-founder of uh, this cult and ex-wife of Arlo. And, you know, she says he's smart, empathetic and charming, but she's not surprised by any of this. And she has nothing to do with this club anymore. And she left the club after Arlo started sleeping with Lila. And she said that what really pissed her off was Arlo said that he was fucking her for Marie's own good to help her with her jealousy issues. Mm. So this guy has got a lot of nerve. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But not talent or uniqueness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. So now we cut to an outdoor yoga class on the river, something I did in New York all the time. <laughs> if me too. Said, I'm late to river yoga. Excuse me. <laughs> That's what I did the most. I would take a train from Crown Heights every morning to the Hudson River <laughs> and I would take outdoor yoga. Um, so she's like, listen, I'm done talking to the cops. And then this is perfect SVU. The women uh, yoga are mad because there's some man in the bushes taking photos. The cops go talk to him. Lucky for them. It's this guy whose wife is the fashion hat girl, the like peasant top girl. So her name is Gina. Finally, eight pages in. Yeah. <laughs> we find out her <laughs> we name. We found it out. Peasant fashion girl hat thing. equals Gina. So Gina's um, husband is like, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this fucking cult. They took my money. They took the deed to my house she's fucking this guy i fucking take my camera take all the evidence you need and so they just found a gold mine yeah. you know they found a bun like a camera with all of this evidence there's pictures of like a bunch of the girls in this group like stepping on vicky like yes. kicking Ste her in the head or something yeah like stepping gathered. on her neck and it's called starting over this is what you do for the cult and uh, she's a surf and uh, Gina says, Vicky was my serf. I was her Lord. That's what she says. So then Rollins goes crazy. R pregnant Rollins rushes into the squad room. Oh yeah. Not squad interrogation, interrogation room. room. Gets the chair out of Gina, pushes Gina to the ground <laughs> and starts stepping on Gina, which I think, you know, it's a little stabler-ish. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not going to work. Pregnancy hormones are no joke, man. And she's just like, Bleh. Okay, so she finally confesses. She put the blood on the ex-boyfriend. She was told to by her lord um, that she was supposed to try to fuck this guy and then put blood all over his clothes. Because Vicky was going to, was thinking about leaving the, the cult. Yeah, That's was, why. Yeah, she was going to betray Arlo, so mm -hmm. they had to fucking kill her. So um, this is my favorite part of SVU where suddenly the detective or the... Um, lawyer has a personal connection, you know, mm -hmm. Cabot has a, mm -hmm. not Cabot, or Novak, Novak has a is like my boyfriend was schizophrenic. Yeah. We find out that the brand means at his mercy and you have to give up everything. So they don't know how to connect everyone. And then they figure out that Lila wears a fitness tracker and on Lila's fitness tracker, Based on her heart, this seems like such circumstantial evidence, but basically her heart tracker, her heart raised during the moments. And so they yeah. tracked the heart. I, I can't believe you can even find that, that you can subpoena that information of a Fitbit tracker. Yeah, they're like, it's in the cloud. Because when the FBI contacted me about like Twitter stuff, because someone threatened to bomb my house, um, they couldn't find the tweets because they were deleted because of all the laws. Like I can't imagine the government and Apple being like, sure, we'll give you someone's fitness tracker right, heart rate. information. And yeah. that, that would be 
enough evidence in court to put someone away. Right. I just don't believe it. So whatever. Heart rate equals murder. So then the, Benson and Lila are in jail. Lila's in an orange Ben suit and Benson is spilling the tea and is like, most women are in here because of men's lies. And while I was home, I was watching Russian television with my family. Every single show is about a woman going to jail for a man. Every <laughs> single show. This happens all the fucking time. Less, do not go to jail for a man. Yeah. Tell on him. Yeah. Um, and Benson lays it down. She goes, has he visited you? Did he get you a lawyer? Has he posted bail? Has he reached out to you in any way? Mm -hmm. She goes, look to the future of your fucking life. Cause she's like, well, that means my last 10 years of my life mean nothing. And she goes, look to your fucking future. If you go to jail, you will die in this jail. If you cooperate, you can be out when you're 50. And she goes, that's a lot of life left. And she just fucking Benson's incredible. I love her so much, but she won't. She's not doing it or she does make a deal. No deal. Is it a deal? What's go- they don't tell us if she makes a deal. I think she here. just um, confesses. I'm sure there's a deal. I don't think she's going to like it's not like immunity, but no. she's going to get like a sentence reduction, I'm sure. Yeah. So then Claudia, who's the bitch that owns the mansion and stuff, and she is the lawyer and Benson gives another hardcore speech. I feel like this was just an episode to get like Benson and Emmy. Honestly, yeah, it was it's a like lot of monologues, a lot of fucking lessons and monologues. And she gives a hardcore speech about like you trick women. You build them up. They are vulnerable with you. And then you use their vulnerability to destroy them. And Arlo Mm. claps. He's condescending as fuck. But then um, Claudia... And Rollins, they have a scuffle outside. Well, because you could tell when Benson's making your speech that Claudia's affected, like that she's kind of like, oh, wait, some, like some of what you're saying is really ringing true. Like yeah. Benson's able to like deprogram a cult victim in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, she is incredible. <laughs> the best detective of the land. Um, and then Benson complains about her kid and goes, I didn't know there were stubborn sixes phase. And it's like kids are always suck. Pick but, an age. Yeah, they suck. No, I. OK, I have a kid. I love my kid. Noah is the worst. I hate Noah. I'm sorry. If you listen to this podcast, you got to be on the Noah hate train. Noah, the taught like Noah, the five-year-old sucks. I loved him when he was a baby. Okay. Also, there's an RBG mug on Benson's desk. Did you see it? I did not. Oh, big ups to RBG. You know, that's so wild. You mentioned that, but Noah has no choice. He was like adopted from a drug den. His grandma tried to steal him. He almost got hit by a car. There was false accusations of his I mom know, beating but him. He's so annoying. He's just like, no, I'm not doing it. And it's like, do you know what Benson has given up for you? <laughs> yeah. But that's what I want to say to my baby too. I'm like, I used to be thin. (laughs) So Claudia basically posted. Oh, so he posts bail. Can you just finish this episode? I'm like done. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) I'm out of energy. You guys to the end. Look, (laughs) he basically posts bail, but then he tries to flee. Claudia calls in a tip to the cops and says he's on his way to Westchester County Airport. They bust him right as he's about to board this jet because his ex-wife, Maria or whatever, the gorgeous woman, this is ex-wife, forgot to fuel up the private jet. So they get him. So, you know, and then they stop him and he's let off in handcuffs. So he's obviously going to get busted for the actual like uh, coercion of a crime or whatever he's guilty of, plus trying to flee like he's going to get it. So you feel like it's happy. And then Rollins tells Benson, hey, the dad of this baby's a cardiologist. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah, I'm glad he got caught. I'm glad it was a rich person problem that stopped him from fleeing. You know, yeah. who who forgets to fuel up a jet? Um, and I'm and the ex-wife was friendly still with Arlo. So yeah. it's hard to escape a cult. Yeah. And we're going to find out a hell of a lot more about that when we come back from our break, because I've got all the details on the true crime that this is based on. Be right back. (laughs) 
listen, we're all SVU fans. We love a family drama. We love a mystery to solve. And you got to get hooked into a story with the details. You need the visuals. You need the storylines with the twists and the turns. And that is what June's Journey has and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young girl on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murderer. Dun, 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 dun. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. The game is filled with all these beautiful detailed scenes from the 20s, like lavish estates and gardens. And of course, little hidden clues are everywhere. There's twists, turns, catchy tunes. It all takes you deep deeper into this storyline. And if you play well enough, you can make it into the detective club. And there you can chat with other players and even compete with or against them, which is pretty exciting. And you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. And can you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. Okay, love that. And guess what? It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, guys. Thanks for hanging in through the commercial. One quick thing we wanted to just address uh, from the last part of the pod was we are not going to use the term revenge porn anymore. And there is a movement to start calling that non-consensual photography. So we're going to hop on behind that. And if you want to read Katie Hill's opinion article, that will be in our show notes. Okay. Lisa, are you ready to fucking delve into the world of female wellness cults? I'm so ready because <laughs> this has been in the zeitgeist for like months now. Yeah. And, and I've purposely not listen to any of it so I'm so I could be yeah. taught by you so I'm really excited this episode aired in October of 2018 and a year earlier is kind of when the whole thing blew up I think they got on it pretty quickly because it is a complicated case so they waited for some stuff to unfold and criminal charges to happen and then they uh so let me just get get into it okay so this episode is based on a cult for sure that you've probably heard of called nexium it's spelled like with um roman numerals n-x-i-v-m but it's pronounced nexium which on the surface is just an mlm that offers like self-help and personal development courses which they called esp executive success programs let me just tell you that i hate mlms yeah. it um it stands for multi-level marketing it's a lot of the stuff you see where like a girl you haven't talked to that you barely talked to in college hits you up and is like, hi, I was just wondering if you wanted to reconnect. And it's like, because they want to sell you like some kind of wrap to make yourself thinner, some kind of skin Tupperware, Stella and Dot, a necklace, knives, cut coats, vacuums. With with Stella and Dot and that kind of stuff, I'm almost like, that's okay with me a little bit because I'm just like, oh, you see jewelry. You can look at how good it is. You can buy it if you want to buy it, whatever. I don't like miracle cures, skincare stuff. That's like, not like there's kind of no proof that it works on a person. You know, it's like a a lot of like Amway, all that stuff. I just think it's, it's, if you listen to something like the dream, you can get an idea of really how evil and insidious this, these, that was just uh, on the tip of my tongue before I was just about to say they're so evil Yeah, and it puts people that are in desperate need in a more evil position. Cause then they are ruining other people's lives. Cause they have, it's just so fucked. 
Yeah. So Nexium was started by a guy named Keith Rainier and a woman named Nancy Salzman in 1998. Nancy was a psychiatric nurse and a trained practitioner of hypnotism and neurolinguistic programming. So neurolinguistic programming is a complete pseudoscience. You can look it up. There's like a full, huge, long Wikipedia about it, but it's basically, it's a lot of like just teaching people how to like say things to themselves to make themselves successful. It is a lot of like self brainwashing and brainwashing. So it's not a real degree. I mean, I'm sure she was a nurse. It says she was a psychiatric nurse. I, the, the neurolinguistic, if you look up neurolinguistics, it says that it's a pseudoscience. Mm. Keith was an established con man. Prior to founding Nexium, he had created other MLMs. One was a pyramid scheme, which collapsed after signing up 250,000 people and bringing in more than $33 million a year. Um, and he learned all of this from taking courses from, you got it, Amway. That's how he learned how to do all this. And that's the Betsy DeVos family, right? Yes, they started in Amway. So, like the MLMs are fucking evil. So in 96, he denied wrongdoing, but agreed to pay $40,000 fine and was permanently banned from promoting, offering or granting participation in a chain distribution scheme. So he wasn't, he's not supposed to be part of anything like this. Okay. So they started this program in 1998. And since then, 16,000 people have enrolled in their courses. They do these trainings called um, large group awareness training, which is it's like Nexium uses it landmark. If you've ever heard of I landmark. was actually just about to interrupt you and say I lost a friend to landmark. Yeah. Um, and sh- I, I was her friend that she brought, you know, that's like a she did group, a, yeah. a weekend, 12 hour days. And then on the third day you bring a sucker mm-hmm. and I was that sucker. Uh, but I was like, I'm not doing it. And she all her money went into it. I mean, she fucking loved landmark and it twisted her brain and I couldn't even be around her anymore. Yeah. She constantly was writing let like it it was wild and it was wild to be there and everyone's like just it's only five hundred dollars it's only five hundred dollars right. and I'm yeah. like I'm fine <laughs> so this was a huge thing in the early 2000s this was like a very lucrative fad was like executive training large group awareness training stuff like that like your work would do it but then people would go on their own it was like ways to realize your potential I also have to say I knew I knew a couple of people that did just the first weekend of landmark got a lot out of it and never went back sure and I think the same is true of Nexium Okay. Some people went to Nexium, just took a couple courses and were like, that was great. That's really helping me like speak up more at work. It's helping me find joy in the everyday, blah, blah, blah. But then the people that got severely involved is where things went south. So um, you took Nexium courses, which you paid for. There's rumors that they were $7,500 to $8,000 per course. So not cheap. Yeah. You, so were the people rich joining this? A lot of the people were rich. Well, because like a lot of them came from executive training programs and stuff. And then, like I said, you could either just take a couple courses or you could start moving up the ranks. Now you're going to start to see how a lot of this resembles Scientology. It's so crazy. Before you say something, I think it's like, this is wild. We're insane. <laughs> we're insane. You're, or I also thought about the Rajneesh, the wild, yes, wild country. Wild, wild country. Yeah. So... That's funny. One of the articles I read was like, pause wild, wild country. Here's something even crazy. Because when that was being aired is when the Nexium stuff was all breaking. I'd, I mean, I don't know about this yet. We'll see which one's crazier. But ground up beavers in the water supply. Can Nexium beat that? <laughs> There's some crazy shit, but I don't know about that. Um, so in the same way as Scientology has you move up the bridge, Nexium has you move up the stripe path. Everybody gets these sort of sashes that like you, every time you move up a level, you get this different color and then stripes are like different things you get on your sash to like move higher and higher up. Are the Girl Scouts an MLM? Now I'm getting worried. No, I don't think so. They sell cookies for badges. That's true. 
but they can get out whenever they want. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So Keith was called Vanguard in this group. Keith is everyone has to call Keith Vanguard. Everyone has to call Nancy Prefect. OK, the, I know Vanguard as a word because of the MTV Vanguard uh, award. The Vanguard yeah. award. They gave it to Michael Jackson. And Britney Spears. Yeah. 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 So their photos are up during classes. Like they're very revered. They're very worshipped, like the Vanguard and the Prefect. So this is Keith and Nancy. Okay. So anyway, intensive classes were 12 hours a day for 16 days. And uh Keith claims like he claimed to be a scientist. So he called this teaching a technology. He's like, this is a technology to make you a better person. It's about making you a better person, making you someone that can help the world become a better place, making you more ethical, like your fears are you not are holding you back. And like you worrying about yourself is so conceited. You're just like, you're not listening to how you can help the world. You're only thinking about yourself. It's like, honestly, you sit and listen to this guy. I also watch the vow on HBO, which is, um, I just watched the sixth episode. I believe it's seven, eight or nine parts. You should watch it. It's very informative on this whole thing. And I'm not going to be able to recap a nine part series in 20 minutes, but I'm doing my best. Every time Keith is speaking, he's like lying back on a couch surrounded by women looking like a total nasty schlub. He's got long hair, like not a super wild, wild country beard, but like just like an unkempt beard. And he's not attractive to me, but tell that to the women in this cult. And he's kind of talking in circles, like everything he's saying. I'm like, what are you even saying? Like, say one thing that is a concrete point. Everything is like, and that's just the thing, you know, with like the cycle and what you're trying to say and do and what you're putting into the world. It's like, Say a sentence like nothing is real. It's all psychobabble and it's well, all circular talking. Confusing me. It's like you're saying it's to be less selfish. And yet it's for executives trying to make more money and right. speak at work. So it, like, I don't none of that really makes sense. Well, they're kind of smart the way they did it because they started in 98 and they did not get busted until 2017. So they rent for almost 20 years, like just building and building slowly and slowly in Albany, New York. Oh, yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, we should have known something was suspicious getting people to move to Albany. Yeah. All (laughs) these hot people moving to Albany. Something's up. (laughs) So he would do this thing where he would get a lot of patents. Like he would patent his technology. He would patent, like try to patent parts of what he was teaching. And I guess the U.S. Patent Office will truly give a patent to anyone. And there's people called patent trolls. And guess who was another patent troll? L. Ron Hubbard, the creator of Scientology. Like they thought that it would make you more substantial, like, like person that the government is confirming this is a person with ideas. It's true. So yeah. Shark but, Tank, it's one of the most important things. They're always like patent, patent pending, you know. Yeah, it's you very should get important. a patent on your special sponge or whatever, <laughs> but not like this bullshit technology about how to get over your parents being mean to you or whatever. It's just none of it's real. So um they preyed upon people that were obviously wealthy if they could um, afford the classes, but the people were also extremely attractive. Like everybody in this video, and you can see in the footage from the 90s and the early 2000s, they're not that hot. Starting in like the 2010s, they're hot. Like they obviously were like, this is the way you convince people to get into groups like this is show them all these beautiful people loving it. Right. So you're getting actresses, but they're not like you. I think we tend to think of people who get into cults as like weak minded, like, oh, I don't know what to do with my life. And then you stumble into a cult. That's not really how these people are. Like a lot of these people were really striving. They're very like successful people that were striving for more. They, a lot of them were rich when they started it. They were like, I just wasn't I, I was rich. I was successful, but I didn't have joy in my life. So they're just looking for like that missing thing. And that's like who they're preying upon. One of the former members says they go for people who are successful, easy to get along with, capable. They go after beautiful people. So 
that's a very noticeable thing. It's not like these are all like gross hippies, like the Manson family or like, you know. Yes, but at least with the gross hippie cults, there's drugs, yeah, there's sex, yeah, yeah. there's party, there's like this is not that mental expansion and LSD. There's like something fun about yeah. it. This, I don't, yeah. Well, don't. so one of his big things is called the practice of EM and like people would like love for Keith to give them an EM, which stands for exploration of meaning. So it'd be like, Okay, Lisa, let's talk about why you react this way when you hear a car horn beep or something like that. And they would like probe deep into your memory and try to get you to like change the way you react to something, which I'm sure like any therapist can do in a regular ethical way. But it sounds more like auditing, like what they do in Scientology. I think a lot of times they try to get you to admit stuff like, you know, there's rumors that certain celebrity men have gone into Scientology and told them that they're gay and that the, that's what the church has over them. They have them on tape admitting that they're gay or that they had gay experiences or something. Anyway, I wonder who those actors I are. Can't I can't name names I because I don't want to open myself up to any um, <laughs> lawsuits, but you can watch a South Park and figure it out. Um, <laughs> so they were also taught that people who were against them being in the group were called suppressives, which comes right out of Scientology. And and if you were in the group and then turned against Keith, it was called the fall. You were like going through the fall and then you were called a Luciferian after that. So it's just wild. Like they also taught some members that they were reincarnated Nazis, that they were responsible for 9-11, like all this stuff. And that their goal was to work and suffer in life so that they could make up for all these past crimes they committed in past lives. It's wild. So this group grew like kind of quietly until 2003. And then they started luring in more high profile people. Like they got a former surgeon general, an Enron executive, the daughter of the former president of Mexico. They claim Richard Branson, but he denies it. The CEO of like Virgin. I don't think he would go in there. I mean, he already has his own island. Yeah, that's true. What other executive classes yeah. do you, you can't need? find more joy in your life than your own island? <laughs> like, I don't understand. You, you know, he's like, uh, what's it called? It's like skydiving from hot air balloons and uh, yeah, yeah. in Fiji. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't buy that. But I well, love a president's daughter going. Yeah, That's Mexican exciting. president's daughter. Like all these actresses like Grace Park, Nikki Klein, the the heir of Seagram's, this man, Edgar Bronfman Sr. went to one and his daughters, Claire and Sarah Bronfman, are very important characters. They're the heiresses to the Seagram fortune. Are, is this an active group? Like, are people still in it? Well, I'll tell you. I'll okay. get to it. Okay. Okay. So in 2003, Forbes published an article that they thought was going to be this really positive article. And it was like a complete like hammering of them. Like in the article, Edgar Bronfman Sr., the, the heir of this huge fortune was like, I think it's a cult. Like he said it definitively. I think it's a cult. And his daughter, he fell out with his daughters from that because his daughters like were deeply, deeply involved in it. The Forbes article, which we will link to in the show notes, says it was aimed at breaking down his subjects psychologically, separating them from their families and inducting them into a bizarre world of messianic pretensions, idiosyncratic language and ritualistic pra practices. Hello. That is Scientology, like, to a T. So that freaks yeah, me out. Yeah, for me, it's like, if they're telling you to not hang out with your family or kids or friends or husband, that's a cult. Yeah. In 2003, Kristen Snyder, a 35-year-old environmental consultant, disappeared after a Nexium session in Alaska. Her body was never found, but her truck was parked on the shore of a bay with a note in it that said, I was brainwashed and my emotional center of the brain was killed slash turned off. Please contact my parents if you find me or this note. I am sorry. I didn't know I was already dead. Sketchy. Was it in her handwriting? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if they didn't get into that, but you are a detective. Another former medical, another former. Alaska's just tough. 
Because the terrain there, like, there's just so many places to hide a body. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But Alaska also wasn't like a huge um, hub of this group that, that like, so they, they had big hubs in like Albany, Seattle at one point, Vancouver, and in Mexico and in Canada. Oh, I said Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Geography. Okay. One uh, former member said a medical doctor experimented on her and just would show her horrible murders and rapes while recording her EEG. She was like not told she was going to be seeing any of this and showed her like brutal, brutal stuff. So this Forbes article kind of hit them a little bit. Well, it didn't actually hit them. It was 2003. They didn't get caught for forever. 2003 and 2010, there are big exposés that come out in really reputable magazines. Like, I think the 2010 one was Vanity Fair. And, like, they just keep going. Like, nobody is paying attention. They have such deep pockets because of these Bronfman sisters. They are are said to have bankrolled $150 million for this venture. Like, and that includes money given to Keith just playing the stock market, and he sucks at it. So he just lost $60. $6 million doing that, which they covered $30 million to buy real estate in LA and Albany, $11 million for a 22 seat private jet. Uh, and then millions to support lawsuits of anyone who, who came against Nexium. So like these women were like, so they the were Seagram legi- family girls spent all of their money helping this raggedy. I think they have guy. so much money, but so 150 might not have been all of it, but they spent a ton of it helping this grifter essentially they got the dalai lama involved like the dalai lama did visits to albany and in the vow they show that one time he won't come to albany because he hears about how sketchy keith is so keith goes to the dalai lama like flies private to the dalai lama with the bronfman sisters to be like i'm good like all these people are lying about this is the thing about the dalai lama I always, you know, obviously you love a monk. Like I, I'm a you fan. Love a llama. You <laughs> yeah. love him. I'm a huge fan. And then a couple of years ago, he said that um, if a woman were to take over for him, she needs to be hot. Ugly women cannot be the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and it was just like even the Dalai Lama, this so-called most enlightened human ever, kindness, spirit, like joy to everyone, is still just like no uglies, please. <laughs> So to me, it just proves that it is all men. Um, there is no Hashtag one good. It is all men. Yeah. And there's no one that's actually enlightened because, yeah, wow. to not see past that. That's wild. So after that, I've kind I unfollowed him on Instagram. No, I but I just I'm like, everyone's a scam. How is the how can we say Nexium is a fraud, but not the Dalai Lama? Right. Who knows? That's, <laughs> hey, that's true. OK, so let me. So the Bron- and he's into all these celebs and people showing up on private jets. I just think there's more to the Dalai Lama. Uh, you're right. I think we should start a Dalai Lama expose podcast yeah. offshoot. I just, so the fact that he even met with him, because I bet there's photos. Is there photos of them together? Yeah. So he will. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. So, okay. So let me explain what exactly happened that got them in trouble. So Nexium is the, is the main umbrella group under Nexium. There are like offshoot groups that are like more specific. So there's one called the society of protectors that's aimed at men. There's another one that's called Jeunesse, which is for women in a credo. That's what they basically outwardly were trying to make it look like was like, Jeunesse, we help women. Like we empower each other. We support each other. And a man wouldn't be in charge. So this is to all the listeners. (laughs) So then exactly. So then out of Jeunesse came this secret society called DOS, D-O-S, which stood for Dominus Obsequious Sororium, which is a Latin phrase that translates to master over slave women. And DOS was also called The Vow. So that's where the name of the HBO show comes from. So this was like the highest level 
level of this cult or just like the most secret? It was just secret and it was just women. So it was like all these women thinking that this would be this super cool, uh, but women didn't start it. Keith, it was Keith's idea, you know, like obviously Keith came up with this idea. And they, it's about excluding others. <laughs> right. So. Cause not every woman is in it. And then uh, later when you find out that they're getting branded, not every woman who's in it is getting branded. So I don't know how they're deciding who gets branded and who's in it for life and whatever. So it is exclusionary. So Keith meets up with Allie Mack. Allison Mack is this actress from Smallville. Okay, that's what she's well known for. I mean, this for. is her biggest credit. Let's yeah, be her honest. biggest Nexium. credit is Nexium. <laughs> but look, I looked up her Instagram is still live. She's not, she hasn't used it in two years since she got arrested, but she got 104,000 followers. People are interested in Allie Mack. So she is one of the founders of DOS with Keith. He is the grandmaster. She is his slave. Okay. And then what she does is she picked some slaves to be their master I think she has, I think everybody has six slaves and then those slaves would work as slaves for a while. And then they eventually, they would stay a slave to her, but they would be able to take on their own slaves. And what do they make? Why do you need slaves? Okay. Because it's about breaking people down mentally so that they will be like pliable and loyal to you. That's like what it's completely about. So is this Allie Mack uh, person, is she a victim of this guy or is she an evil That's a great question. That's a great fucking question because people say, why should she be treated any differently than the other victims? But I think it was because she helped like create this, but I think he still influenced her. So that is a great question. That is the question. That is the moral question of this whole thing is like, can we punish her when she was just as under his spell as everyone else, you know? Has she done any interviews or any public? No, 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 no. Because she's still still waiting to be sentenced. So let me just say, Rick Ross is this cult expert. Great name. Well, a a complete cult expert white man who is not Rick Ross. Um, He calls Allison Mack the Tom Cruise of Nexium. Okay, so she's kind of the face of it. She's very pretty. She's very personable. She brought in tons and tons of people into this. She constantly is trying to recruit famous people. I saw, read this article where she talks about she's on Twitter trying to get Emma Watson to get in touch with her, trying to get Kelly Clarkson, Beverly Mitchell, all these high profile journalists being like, hey, I'm part of this. Well, I think Beverly Mitchell feels lucky to be included (laughs) in this group of powerful actresses. She wrote to Kelly Clarkson. I heard you're a Smallville fan. I'm a huge fan of yours. Like DM me. Let's connect like such a classic MLM message. Totally. So recruitment is huge. Like it's the same. It's very similar to Scientology in that it's a lifetime vow of obedience. You sign a contract. They take collateral from you, which is can be physical, like the deed to your house and stuff like that. But also naked photos, like videotapes of you saying how much you like hate your brother's wife and stuff like that. Like just stuff that would actually really hurt you if it got out and they recollect collateral from you every now and again. So it's not enough to just give something at the beginning. You have to like keep giving collateral. They want to keep you on the hook. I like that you couldn't possibly leave because you're so scared of the collateral getting out. You know, it's so easy to be like these fucking idiots, but it's like, what if I get tricked? You know, it's like, you don't want. Right. This cult is also insanely on the phone. Like so much of it is on the phone. They're using WhatsApp, I think, because it's encrypted. There's a thing with your master. If your master says, sends you a question mark, you have to write ready master or RM within 60 seconds or you get in trouble. Like you have to always be, those are called like readiness checks. I what think. What if you're swimming laps in a pool? Do, you 
probably can't like you literally have to like have it. Maybe you could write your master and say, may I have permission to swim laps in a pool for 20 minutes? I won't be able to respond to your debt. Like maybe there's something like that, but there's all this stuff going on over text. You have to write good morning master to your morning in the I morning. If these you are have like, to ask, may I eat now master? May I pee? Part of being in DOS was being thin. So they would constantly tell, tell you like, if you lose Sounds weight, a lot like Teddy Mellencamp's group. Honestly, <laughs> I thought about it because there, one girl's on a 500 a day calorie thing. And I was like, you cannot do 500 calories a day. That's like starvation. And it's because Keith preferred thin, like rail thin women. So like there's this one woman in it who gives her whole story, which I'm not going to go through, but she talks about how she eventually starts having sex with Keith. And she says that it wasn't until she lost a certain amount of weight that things that, that he actually had sex with her. He would flirt with her and like there was some intimacy happening between them, but not until she hit like his goal weight for her that he started having sex with her. It is truly wild. Well, because I'm also th- wondering if these women, some of them are like um, into BDSM or like having a slave master sexual thing and don't know how to like do it in their own way. And this brought it like, I wonder, I don't know if it's about, about that, friendship. Though. It's about, like, it's supposed to be about friendship and making you stronger. So they're like, this is about getting through pain is about strength. Like, so when w- one of the women, Sarah Edmondson, who has a book actually about her whole experience on this, like she is like the main character in the vow. She's like the main person. She's the whistleblower in the New York times article that came out in 2017. And Sarah, and she talks about how, like when she was getting branded, she didn't know what was going on. And her best friend was holding her down. And to, and it was Nancy Salzman's daughter. Lauren is her best friend. The godmother of her son is holding her down and going, you need to show these other women what strength looks like you cannot like freak out and be like this is you have to deal with your pain and blah 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 actually i watched a hulu series on cults and i did watch an hour on this and i think it's this woman but one of them because i was talking about the branding process and being held down and it just seems really horrific yeah no it is horrible like they they said that you could just like smell burning flesh it was like awful and like at the end of the day you had to fill out a failure form like say everything you did wrong like you didn't wake up at 6 a.m you didn't get back to your master in time you didn't call your mom you went over your calories like they so they showed this thing of them saying master may i have 85 calories and taking a photo of their food and sending it to their master and like that back and forth and the master can say yes or no. My husband, of course, tweeted a picture of a Baconator and said, Master, may I have 950 calories? So you can check him out on Twitter. So basically... Keith just constantly has like tons of women around him. He's sleeping with them. He's going on nighttime walks with them. He's very flirtatious. Everybody in this organization, men, women, everybody kisses on the lips when they greet each other. I wonder what they're doing post COVID. Yeah, they're not going to survive coronavirus. (laughs) Coronavirus. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Um. Hold on. Do are they jealous of each other when they're all fucking him? Are they competing? They're all they're not talking to each other about that kind of thing. And I think they're like my closeness with Keith is like our, is like our own thing. And like in the past, he's had like three girlfriends that have like known about each other, like three, like live in girlfriends and they all know about each other, but he does move on to younger models all the time. He had one girlfriend in this uh, organization who was very high up in Jeunesse and she died of cancer and afterwards $300,000 was charged to her credit cards. So just saying, it seems like I've not heard of one cult yet. That's not about trying a man trying to fuck as many people as possible. 
So when they originally got this brand on them, they were told that it was like a mountain with the horizon and then like water going through it. But when you like turn it sideways, it definitely says KR for Keith Rainier. And then people were like, if you turn it again, it looks like it says AM for Allison Mack. So they like figured out a way to do both of their initials and branded them into these women. And Keith, like, said, do you think the two of them are sitting like, ha 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 ha, we've, we're evil and we're going to brand no, these? I think or they're they like, think- This is helping like she's at least being told that by him. And he probably in his own delusional way thinks that as well. But he is having sexual relationships with these women. And it's like really creepy. Um, A text from him was found that where he said it was not initially intended as my initials, like the brand. And they rearranged it slightly for a tribute. If it were Abraham Lincoln's or Bill Gates's initials, no one would care. He thinks that's his delusion of grandeur that he thinks he's that like high up as these people. Um, So in 2017, they gather all these like whistleblowers finally get together. And this huge article comes out in the New York Times, which honestly, I was going to say the reason why this got a little bit hidden, I think, when it did come out was because it was happening like it's the end of the first year of Trump's presidency. It's Weinstein. It's Me Too, all this stuff. But then it actually kind of rode the coattails of Me Too. Like when Me Too happened, they were like, look at how these women have been like brainwashed and manipulated by men. Like it it ended up getting some press, but I didn't think it got as much press as it would have gotten in like a boring news cycle. I also wonder if it's like comedians with Louie, if people are like, well, when can he go back to work? I mean, has he not suffered enough? Right. (laughs) So, um, the article came out. He's not uh, Harvey. And just like Scientology, they have like deep pockets. They try to fuck with you if you come for them. But it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause it's like this woman, Sarah is talking about how her best friend, Lauren, like held her down and like, and like convinced her to do DOS in the first place. And then she found out later that Lauren had been sleeping with Keith for like a decade and that he had kept promising her a baby and like that he was never going to give her, you know? So did he always wear condoms? I don't know. I wonder if there was just abortions on speed dial or what's going on. Freaking knows. She took a stand. She took the stand as part of her plea deal, Lauren Salzman, and admitted to locking a woman in a room for two years as punishment. And that, and and that Nexium women had to send nude pics to Keith where they are smiling. So they have to look like they're sending nude pics that they're like happy about. Wait, they kept a woman in a room for two years and they threatened her with deportation. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like fully psychotic. So because of this New York times article, the New York attorney general got like, cause people had gone to the authorities before and the authorities were just like, sorry, you guys consented to getting branded. You consented to like texting your calories. Like they just weren't dealing with it as a cult. And oh, so police being uneducated, oh, yeah, the police oh, were shocking. not educated. Like, of course not the way they are with where Benson is like immediately like, this isn't right. They're not, you know, like she knows immediately. So they all started in, um, that article came out October of 2017, starting in March of 2018, Rainier was arrested and indicted on sex trafficking, sex trafficking, conspiracy, conspiracy to commit forced labor, found guilty of all charges. And in October, Keith Ranieri was sentenced to 120 years in prison for sex trafficking and other crimes and was ordered to pay a $1.75 million fine. The thing I think is wild is like how little information there is about Nancy. Like she was a woman at the top, top, top who was not in a sexual relationship with Keith as far as I know. And as far as any of the research I've done shows, if anyone has more information about that, please let me know. And she allowed all this to go on. I mean, her own daughter was like one of the head people in this in DOS. I wonder if her daughter was fucking Keith. Yeah, it was. That's the one who she was. He was fucking for 10 years and kept promising a baby. 
So her own daughter was having sex with Keith for a decade. And is, is Nancy on trial? Did she, is she, she pleaded guilty to racketeering and I cannot find her sentence anywhere. What does racketeering even mean? It's like she broke into email accounts and tried to erase things when they were having lawsuits filed against them. I wonder who so she's, she's not even getting to. involved in like, because I don't I think mean. her fingerprints are on it. I think she's like, I didn't know about that. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how you can claim that when it's like your partner and your business and your daughter are so highly involved. But I mean, she seems like the brains behind all of it. And Keith is also maybe her play toy because how did she just that get off on That would be nice to think of, but I'm just, there's just so little information about her. Like there's just all these articles are about Keith, Ali Mack, the Bronfman sisters. Like nothing is about Nancy. It's I stand Nancy. Well. Nancy and Keith met because Nancy visited his wholesale supplement club seeking a remedy for her constant constipation. That's how they met. And then they became friends. Oh, yeah. He, w- he also claimed that his, um, his methods could cure diabetes, cure scoliosis. Like, Can this you is a imagine true... having constipation and then fast forward, you are the second in command, command of, of a cult? cult. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. But that had to be in you. Or maybe she's a victim too. I mean, this is cults are wild. This is wild. Yeah. The fucking's wild. The hot, like it's all. And yeah, are we all susceptible to, cause the Hulu thing I watched, there was like a round table and it was all these people that were in cults talking to each other and support. And you could tell the people that were born into cults and had no choice were really judgmental of the, of the people that as adults joined. joined, you know, you, everybody that's should, like their parents, everybody should really watch the vow because I think you kind of get behind Sarah Edmondson's like thing. Like, she is like, I don't know how I allowed this to happen. I truly thought I was doing good things, but she also got out as soon as she saw branding and the, the anorexia and like all that stuff, like the leading up to that, she was like, I thought I was helping people. Like people were getting happier. People were finding joy. Like, and then it was because her best friend like pulled her in and was like, this is a, this is a thing you should do. She thought it was like a sorority and like, think about, I mean, it is like a hyper, exaggerated version of like the shit that sororities do for like hazing to like bring you closer together. You know, it's wild. Anyway, this is a very, very multi-layered case. I know I haven't touched on everything. I hope you didn't sit here the whole time going, when is she going to talk about this? Cause there's so many different things. I had three pages of notes. I didn't even read, Yeah, you know, like the wild, wild country documentary came out. 20 plus years after this all happened two, three years ago with the, with the exposure. Yeah. This is like ongoing. So like, I'm sure we're going to learn more and more. So I'll end it on this. You asked me if it still exists. There are a handful of loyal Nexium followers who go and dance outside of his jail in Brooklyn sometimes out of Keith Rainier's um, jail cell. And I think they call him K Rose or something because those are his initials, but not his name. I also am so curious at the fashion from 1998 to its current member. Oh my gosh. Because I'm assuming late 90s, early 2000s, it was the look that's like the jeans with the knee high boots and like, so like, I want to, I'm just interested in the type of, you just, unquote, girl. you also just see the real change in, in physical attractiveness, men and oh, women. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Like in the late 90s and 2000s and stuff, there are not the hot girls that you're seeing now. Like there's a girl who's the um, granddaughter of the princess of Yugoslavia named India Oxenberg, who's like gorgeous. And her mother is part of the New York Times expose trying to get her out. And she produced a Lifetime original movie about getting her daughter out of Nexium. Another thing you can watch. But we have been talking about this for too long. So we're going to have a guest. So our guest from this episode was 
very dreamy and charming. We never wanted it to end. And it is <laughs> such a long interview. Uh, we did not let him go. So we had to cut a lot of it out. But we have to share it with you. This guy uh, built the deck of his house that he was at. He cooks. He rock climbs. He is a like feminist. He um, is politically where we like him. He also lived on a sailboat. And I, like we assume below deck rich style. Was there a chef? And he's like, no, no chef. My mom cooked and I read books and we were just on a boat. They were like Swiss family Robinson on a boat for six years. Yeah. So many hobbies like. So good. Yeah. Just doing everything. And every time we'd mention something, he'd be like, I speak Russian. Oh, yeah. I've been to Scotland. Mm -hmm. Like truly um, just a really eclectic, well-rounded, very nice, cool person. And professionally, he's killing it as well. Yeah. You guys have seen him on The Man in the High Castle, The Young Pope, Supernatural, Vampire Diaries. He has a very, very prolific IMDb. And we were so excited to talk to cult leader Arlo himself. Sebastian Roche. Do you know that you're in the hottest episode of Law & Order SVU? Am I in the hottest episode, really? <laughs> yes, there's never been an episode with so many beautiful people. Yeah. Oh, yes. They've, I felt like they really casted it like uh, models and like gorgeous yes, people. Yes, I know and they you, did that. Yeah, and you, well, yeah. but it's a hot episode. Yeah, except I didn't, didn't I shave my head for the episode? I no. wasn't. I didn't. No, re I, I didn't he... really look like Keith Rainier. No. Well, we were going to bring that up with you. We were like, "Are you? Do you? Are have you been watching The Vow? Are you following I the case at I all?" I haven't or... started watching The Vow because it's a little depressing. You know, I'll be. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be honest with you. You know what they did. I have some interesting stuff though. Yes. I'm not going to name names, but okay. you know, it, it's very interesting. My kind of connection to. I mean, I don't have a connection to Nexium, but I, I, you know, there were some people who knew, who knew uh, that person who were trying to encourage me to go. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it was so involved in the acting world that I'm sure, like, you know, it's a kind of a small world. I, I feel like I'd heard about it through, you know, through different people. Who I shall not Interesting. name. <laughs> oh, of don't course, of them, course. This don't is name them. truly a scoop I didn't imagine a minute in. It's like <laughs> wild that you were trying to bring in the cult. Did you use anyone for inspiration to be this con man? No, I just, you know, at first I said, you know, hey, because I wanted to do it in, uh, you know, I wanted to be as close as I could to to Rainier and uh, and they said no no we want you to use your normal accent so you know they oh and uh, so I did which distanced it from from the sort of dreadful reality you know well yeah and I don't want to you know make you embarrassed or anything but you're better looking and have a better oh, accent than Keith <laughs> Rainier you, so it's you. like you Arlo makes it's, more sense to me as someone yeah. that people would follow yes. like Keith Rainier is like this short weirdo that plays volleyball and I mean I'll be honest with you I never understand the desire to join a cult uh, uh, <laughs> I am so not that kind of person every time I've been asked to join a movement or a you know or a spiritual you know, what they call a sort of spiritual, uh, what shall I say? Uh, Development, kind of? Yes. Um, I, I, I always go, you know what? I, I'll, I'll find it myself. Thank you. I don't need to be mm -hmm. in, a, you know, in a room of 20 people crying about, you know, what they're going through. So I, <laughs> I, I know it sounds a bit harsh, but I've never been. No, I lost a friend to a cult. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it, it does. And it's extremely dangerous. And we see the, the result. You know, there are these people who are supposed charismatic but they're not they're actually uh extremely good con men you know 
Right. And what do con men do? They basically, you know, make you want to hear what you want to hear, basically, you know, so that's how they manage to to manipulate you with, you know, I I mean, I I looked at him and I was like, there's nothing formidable intellectually about this man. (laughs) And I remember I was living upstate New York at the time and his center was his Center. Oh, yeah, Albany. His center yeah. was in Albany. And, uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of quote unquote because, you know, I, we can make fun of it, but I always feel terrible for the, the victims. Yeah. Of, uh, it, it's a real crime to, to take people into a cult and then abuse them as they did, you know, it really is, and take advantage of yeah. their finances. And, you know, we definitely, yeah. we definitely respect the victims. I just like to make fun of him. Cause I think yeah. he's like such a little joke. And oh, uh, his re- the most recent episode was like, so packed with misogyny. Like he was, oh, just, he was I'm just not, like, of course. women, men will not let you be better than them. Like we just won't let you. I was like, this is, I was about to like throw something at my television. No, funny enough, you rarely see women, being the leaders of cults because they know better. You know, it's always right. a dude who has a complex who needs to either get women or or men or people or you know. But you rarely see women who are leaders of cults. I mean, you have followers. Mm-hmm. No, who and become, the men. It seems like they just want to have sex with their followers. Yeah, that's like, it. I haven't heard of a cult where there's not a lot of sex. That's pretty much it. It's dudes yeah. who just can't and who who are like, how can I? You know, maybe. <laughs> well, so, you know, you've played this cult leader, you've played a Nazi, you played some other assholes. What do you think it is? What do you think? Yeah, what, it is, what is you? it about you? <laughs> I don't know. I think it takes a certain skill to play an asshole. Uh, uh, <laughs> For you know, sure. You know, I think that, you know, assholes are, are, are very complex characters. You know, I've played also this thousand year old vampire who was oh yes that's right you've been in a couple vampire things yeah yeah so you know all these and i've very often played the bad guy maybe it has to do with the voice uh it has to do with the accent of course you know uh uh, even though you know there are tons of assholes who have an american accent (laughs) i think it just has to do with the circumstance i mean lately i've been auditioning actually for a lot of kinder characters and sort of a more yeah we'll see what happens the softer side of sebastian another like side it. of sebastian yeah <laughs> <laughs> um obviously we did a deep dive into your imdb you've been on law and order a couple of times but this is your first svu yes i've always i'd always wanted to be in svu first of all i yes. love mariska uh, who oh doesn't uh, who doesn't and then when i was on set i was like you are can i swear yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. you are fucking amazing. And I kept saying how amazing she was because she truly is one of these, fa- she's the kind of woman I adore, you know, super strong personality, funny, uh, hardworking. She's a boss, you know, in the best sense of the word, you know? And you yeah. got lucky because you got to be in an interrogation room with her. I know. Her. She I was really so laid happy. into I like, you. I was like, if I don't get my interrogation with Mariska, I, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, but, you know, contra- con- uh, contractually, I couldn't. But really a uh, wonderful woman, you know, who's who's spearheaded that show for so many years. It's so fun that you wanted to be on SV. So were you a fan of the show? Or just being in New York for so long, you wanted it. It's funny because SVU has, you know, at first, you know, I, I did Law & Order. That was the show to be on. You know, it was my actually my first TV gig was Law & Order. It was my oh. first gig in the U.S., TV gig in the U.S. 
TV because I'd done a movie before, a, few, a couple of movies. So, you know, it was that, then it switched, then SVU came along, right? SVU was the second one, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. And I did two helpings of Law and Order. I did one way back in 93 where I played this heavy metal rock star called <laughs> C-Square, man. He was such an asshole, man. He was a total asshole. Uh, and then I played this guy who had a problem with his temper. And then I always, I'd always wanted to be on SVU. Cause you know, there was criminal intent and everything and everyone, right. then SVU became a sort of, uh, the, you know, a rite of passage for, for great actors as was law and order prior. And I always wanted to, and I thought, ah, oh, it's never going to happen. And then it, it literally, the offer came in and it was really wonderful. I was so, I was really excited because you know, it's, it's kind of a badge of honor now. I, a lot of stars do it. And I felt actually really flattered to, to, to be brought on. Well, it's interesting because I wanted to ask you about the audition process and Kara said no. I that know, was an offer. An offer. <laughs> she was on I was very, uh, I was very flattered. <laughs> and, you know, be, uh, uh, to get an offer, you know, it was really, really wonderful. They, they treated me wonderfully. Uh, they were really great. It was a really wonderful experience. And while stalking you a little bit, we saw you yeah. did like over 300 episodes of General Hospital. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it like working on a set for that long, doing so much of anything? That was that was really great, actually. Uh, Does that shoot in New York? No, it shoots in L.A. Oh, it shoots in L.A. Okay. Yeah, because I was in New York at the time, and my agent says, oh, they're offer they'd like to offer you 60 episodes or something like that on, on GH, on General Hospital. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't know if I want to do that right now. And eventually I... I accepted and I it was one of the best decisions I made in my life first of all it changed oh, wow. my it, it, I was living in New York I was going through a hard time you know uh, we uh, you know things happen going through a divorce and going through <laughs> you know a difficult time and it sort of brought me to LA and they treated me like I was Laurence Olivier you know the great stage actor <laughs> and I they let me do pretty much whatever I wanted as an actor and it, it sort of rekindled I was a point where you know sometimes you feel that your work is not giving you much back you're you're sort of stuck and i started basically improvising and 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 finding rebooting my acting in that show and everyone i mean they couldn't have been nicer the whole cast was so welcoming and i had a ball for two years so i was contracted for two years and then i came back pretty much every year till 2000, 2015 for, you know, little sprinkles of baddie. Of being. Mm. And I was an uber bad guy, but who was like Mr. Who's like James Bond on crack. I call him, you know, basically <laughs> on meth now. Uh, <laughs> to, to update it to nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And doing so many episodes, you know, was, was fun. You're always working. You're, you know, people say it's difficult. I don't agree. Uh, you know, you have 20, 30 pages of dialogue, but your brain gets used to it. I bet. I can't imagine. <laughs> you start working really fast. Your brain, you know, gets accustomed to it. You know, it's, it's, no, I, I, I loved every second of it. You know, some people say, oh, you shouldn't do soaps. And, and I would advise anyone, you know, to, 
do it. You've got, you've no, you told us so dream. much. This has been amazing. Uh, we really thank you for your time. And oh, my pleasure. I my am pleasure. not, I am actually a person that does not like to see people come back to SVU as different characters because it takes me out of it. But I will say, I'd love to see you back yeah, on oh my in God, a few years, in a few back. years so that I forget about Arlo and that you're, you're new, <laughs> yes. could be a new person. No, I'd love to, I'd love to come back. Maybe I've, I, I could come back like a yes. yeah. Russian. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's always <laughs> Russian crimes on that show. There's like Brighton Beach stuff. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully the casting people are listening to this and yeah. they get in touch yeah, with you. Um, Sebastian, thank awesome. you so much for talking to us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. Ooh, that was a thrilling. Uh, I mean, we talked to a cool cult leader. <laughs> you guys didn't get to see him. We saw his face over Zoom and he's also he's, he's as handsome as he is uh, as a cult leader on SVU. <laughs> um, so what are we what's our postmortem on this uh, episode about uh, don't join a cult? Don't join a cult. You guys, even if you feel like you're in part of some organization that's really helping you come up with realize some things about yourself like that's great you can walk away when the director wants to put his penis inside of you or they want to brand you or, or when they want the deed to your house yeah when they want money go to therapy i feel therapy collateral collateral if they want collateral nudes you got to see yourself out yeah i just go to therapy you know join a kickboxing class like there's just better yeah. ways to self-improve right and Medication. like, yeah, if you have to leave the cult, don't be that scared about your nudes getting out. Everyone's got nudes. It's like, don't worry. Also, about it's it. OK if you're not married to the dad of your baby. Like that was. Yeah, crazy. wait, well, like, who? remember he was shaming Rollins of like that baby in your belly. Oh, yeah. Husband. You don't know the daddy. And it's like, all right, stop. She it. knows the daddy. OK, her <laughs> Rollins, two kids. The first one is the, the daughter of a international like sort of spy man who's part of the government and then the second one is a surgeon we don't really know what happened with him i think he turned out to be a he was a cheater listen i'm just saying if you have a baby and you don't want the dad in their life that's fine, fine. get money if you can yeah but yeah it's okay and if a bunch of ladies are approaching you wearing peasant tops and <laughs> offering you cucumber water you need to run and and I learned this a lot in Russian television as well. Do not go to jail for a man. Yes. Do not ever say that you committed a crime you did not commit that a man committed. Yeah. That is that. Do not go to jail for a man is going to be on T-shirts. We're going to make it. <laughs> I swear. Like when Benson is just like, don't think about the last 10 years. Think about the next 20. You're going to rot in jail for this psychopath. Yeah. And don't get, don't charter uh, planes for your ex. Gas your up your ex. private jet if you're trying to get out of the country. Yeah. Make sure Gas your private jet is always gas. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is like. But yeah, if your ex, don't help your ex-husband escape the law. Oh yeah. She was so beautiful. That was dumb. Yeah. I think we learned a lot. Yeah. It was uh, definitely, definitely a hot episode. Um, all oh, jokes also, aside. Also, if you're like a bus boy and the hottest woman on earth is trying to fuck you at a bar, she might be trying to plant blood on your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah. Yeah. And watch out. Men, if you're listening, watch out for ladies that have brands on them because yeah. <laughs> something went wrong. But yeah, all jokes aside, I mean, the Nexium thing is like very tragic. If you, I, I recommend watching The Vow. It is, people will say it's long. It is a lot of episodes i enjoyed all the episodes i thought it was an it was a really deep uh dive it's a little bit drawn out but you know that's their uh, filmmaking style there's also i believe a cbc podcast about the vow there's a lot of ways you can get more information i would 
uh, never tell There's you that a- my 20 minute recap <laughs> is the end all be all of the Nexium uh, situation. I also don't remember the name, but there is a Hulu uh, show that, or I don't know if Hulu originally made it, but it's on Hulu. And there's one episode about Nexium, but then it's all these different cults. Like, okay, what's uh, that called again? I don't know, but there, it's, okay. I'm sure if you put something, but it, there's some Mormon stuff. There's um, like a brotherhood, and they take it. So yeah, if you're just into cults, that's yeah. something to check maybe out, look into. Okay, now it is time for WWSPD. What would Sister Peg do? Where we point you guys to a resource that connects to today's episode. And today we want to get your attention on RAIN. That's R-A-I-N-N, two N's. RAIN.org is the website. RAIN is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. They do amazing work. And, you know, the members of these cults have definitely been taken advantage of and sexually abused. And if you in or out of a cult have had an experience with this and are looking for any resources, Rain is the place to go to. Or if you are looking to donate to help victims of sexual assault, we highly recommend Rain. And we will probably be talking about it again in future Sister Peg segments. So that is Rain, R-A-I-N-N dot org. And next week's episode is going to be Porn Stars Requiem, season 16, episode five. And you can catch all episodes of SVU on Hulu or Peacock um, or buy them. And if you enjoyed the pod, don't be shy. Give us, you know, some stars. You can review us. Just remember that if you actually liked it, remember that you're giving us a high number of stars because nothing's worse than seeing obsessed with this pod. One star. You obviously (laughs) hit the wrong button. This is actually was a big issue for me when I moved to America because it's opposite in Russia of numbers and my parents would like be pissed, but I was actually doing okay. Wait, you mean one star was like the best you can do? Yeah. And so <laughs> like I would get five stars or something or four. And so I just remember them there being an issue <laughs> <laughs> where I had to explain how grading was different here. All right. Well, we're going to try to work Lisa through her star trauma. But meanwhile, we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. <laughs> Bye. That's Messed Up is an Exactly Right production. If you have compliments you'd like to give us or episodes you'd like us to cover, shoot us an email at thatsmessedappod at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at thatsmessedappod and on Twitter at messeduppod. And follow us personally at Kara Clank and at Glitter Cheese. As always, please see our show notes for sources and more information. Thank you so much to our producer and fellow SVU superfan, Hannah Kyle Creighton. Thank you to our heroes, Stephen Ray Morris and Annalise Nelson, our engineers. To Henry Kapersky, musical extraordinaire for our theme song. To our artistic queen, Carly Jean Andrews, for all of our artwork. Thank you to our executive producers, Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, Danielle Kramer, and everybody at Exactly Right Media. Listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dun-dun! Dun-dun.